Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Hello, and welcome to the HP Podcast. What a, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. That's not the tagline, but it doesn't matter because here with me today, is Brandon. What's up? And Dave. Hey. How you doing, boys? Doing. Doing? Doing it, man. Brandon, you sound a little uh a little hoarse, like you just said before the show started. Yeah, dude. I don't know. I uh I've been talking a lot this week and oh. I think it's finally catching up with me. Yeah. I just pray that I don't lose my voice. Right. Um, because that's pretty much how I work. Um, so since you talk for a living, I mean, not literally, but you have to talk <laughs> yeah. everything you do at your job. Right. If you lost your voice, could you still work? Would they, would they, that's tell a you, great question. I don't know. You should try it. One I should find the answer to maybe, maybe yeah. I should just keep talking and then we'll find out. You well, should, because they should make like, hold on. They it. should make like, like Morse code accommodations for you. You're <laughs> unionized, right? Yeah. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> in-house ASL teaching. I would actually go for that, honestly. That'd be a good one. Dave, how about you? How you doing? I'm surviving. We out here. It's, uh, Settling into the married life? Yeah, the dog days of summer. Um, yeah, things are things are normal. Things are good. My life is back to normal again. That's good to hear. Let's mm -hmm. hope it stays that way for all of us, I honestly. Agree. Yeah. All right. Well, if you're not familiar, and I don't know why you'd be listening to the show if you're not, but maybe there's some new people. Thank you to our patrons out there. We are supported by fans on Patreon over at patreon.com slash handsome phantom. If you want to sign up and mostly you're really just helping out, you're helping out the show, but you also get ad free early access to the show by going over to patreon.com slash handsome phantom at the $1 level or higher. At the $3 level, you'll get uh, HP After Dark, our off-topic about-nothing show a month early. Uh, that'll happen unless Dustin screws up the edit and accidentally deletes the files. Uh, <laughs> oh, if that no. happens, I don't know how early you'll get it, but you know, you'll know you still get it early. But anyway, that that's one thing you can do over at Patreon. And uh, at a higher level, you can also be... A producer for the show you'll hear those names at the end of the show you'll be part of that it's a little thank you to put your names at the end of the show but we give you a big thank you from our hearts so you're welcome also make sure to go over and join the discord over at handsomephantom.com discord there's a link in the notes as well if this is totally unrelated but a long time ago uh whenever well about two years ago probably now dustin 
and Sabrina, who was part of the Handsome Phantom team up until a recent time ago, uh, she decided to kind of get out of gaming because, you know, gaming's toxic. And that's true. Uh, <laughs> that they did a show on Evangelion, the anime, anime and Neon Genesis Evangelion. And that show is is pretty big. And I think they're going to be doing a new episode soon on the last movie, End of Evangelion, uh, which, or maybe it's, I don't know what it's called because I haven't watched it. But that show should be coming out. You'll be able to get updates on that in the Discord as well. And listen to that entire show if you want. It's an episode-by-episode breakdown. So it's an old show. It's not currently going, but that last episode will probably be coming soon. So if you're interested in that, I would recommend it. But the other reason is just so you can hang out with us cool folk and say hi. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's get into the news here. We got a few what I think are pretty interesting things to talk about. And the first one is about Outriders. Now, Dave, you popped your your platinum cherry on Outriders, if I'm not mistaken. I sure did. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> and I, on the other hand, only played about two hours of Outriders. I would like to play more, but honestly, I just it, there's just so many things to play, and I can't uh, even play the things I want to play. Well, I could, but I don't. So anyway... The article comes to us courtesy of IGN. Outriders dev doesn't know how many copies it sold and hasn't earned any royalties. Outriders developer People Can Fly says it doesn't know how many copies the game has sold and hasn't earned any royalties from the game, suggesting it hasn't been profitable for Square Enix. Now, I have more to say, but the first thing is, I don't know about you, Brandon, but this is incredibly surprising to me because I feel like Outriders was all we heard about for months. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, we were talking about it quite a bit. Um, I don't have quite a personal attachment to it. Um, it didn't really pull me in, but certainly I saw the buzz. I mean, all over Twitter. Right. Um, and I mean, IGN's talking about it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was a big game, especially because it was on Game Pass at first and like it launched on Game Pass, at least for consoles, it did. So I really expected it to hit some higher numbers, but we'll get into why I think maybe maybe this article or the, this fact isn't all that it seems. Uh, quote, announced on the developer's investor website, People Can Fly explained that the agreement with Square Enix meant it would receive, meant it would receive any royalties for the game's first quarter on sale by August 16th, 2021, which is just a few days ago. Actually, yesterday, according to my uh, my handy-dandy watch calendar. No funds were transferred, which people can fly suggest means that, according to the publisher, the revenues from the sale of the game are lower than the total cost of its production, including quality assurance, distribution, and promotion. So, of course, you know, they're going to include in there that the publisher pays them to make the game, in case you weren't aware. But then anything after that, the publisher gets up until whatever point they have worked out for their contract. So let's say the publisher says, okay, we're going to recoup the first million dollars of sales or of numbers after the game hits its profitability point. And after that, you get 40% or something like that. You know, it could be could be some... There's all sorts of deals out there. Uh, so a couple things about this, and then we can, we can dive into talking about it. Uh, one, they published on the investor website yesterday, and this article came out today, which probably means in the last 24, 46, or 24, 48 hours, the developers have gone off saying, we didn't make any money yet. I... I'm a little weirded out by that, that all of a sudden, you know, like maybe they've tried to contact Square Enix. I don't know. But like less than 48 hours after this deadline, 
that they were supposed to get the uh, the money. They're already like going to the biggest gaming website in the world, telling them Square Enix hasn't given us any money yet. The other thing is, it could be possible that this game didn't make the amount of money that they thought it would, and they haven't recouped all the money from development or whatever their agreement was. And then the third thing is that Square Enix is notorious notorious for not paying out their publishers. I remember uh, a story about Nier Automata a long time ago <coughs> about Yoko Taro saying he wanted to make a remake the prequel, which they've since done, but they hadn't received their money yet from Square Enix, which could be indicative of a larger problem that Square Enix just isn't good with deadlines, but I don't know. I don't know the reality. Dave, what are your thoughts on did Outriders make any money? If they have, do you think it's weird that they already said some people can probably already said something about not getting their money from Square Enix? Yeah, it, it definitely is weird. It's almost like they're they're kind of pissed off about not having a great line of communication with Square Enix. So they kind of, I don't know if IGM approached this for the story or if somebody from People Can Fly went to them, but I didn't like the way the story was positioned because it doesn't actually say Outriders didn't make money. It just says that to this point, People Can Fly hasn't received any royalties. So, you know, that combined right. with the fact that, um, you know, as you said, Square Enix is notorious for this kind of thing. And uh, the fact that the Game Pass deal seemed to have been quite late in development. So it's entirely possible that, um, you know, maybe Square Enix hasn't received sort of data or sort of sales information or download information or whatever for Microsoft themselves. Um, cause I, I, I don't know. I, it's also possible that, you know, whatever deal that, um, Square Enix had with people can fly didn't really include distribution through game pass, which we know can greatly change how a game is sort of, um, consumed and cause it's not, you know, purchased under normal means. It's, it's all a, you know, a download basis. So, um, I don't know. I didn't like the way the article was purchased or uh, positioned, but, I'm sure the game was successful, um, you know, without Game Pass and with the rocky sort of launch it had from a technical standpoint, it's possible it hurt it. But I mean, as you guys said, like this game had a lot of buzz for a game that was sort of averagely received from a critical standpoint. Um, you know, it had to have made something. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. I think it. It hit like a 75-ish on Metacritic. I don't know where it stands now, but I'm remembering that's about where it was. So yeah, you know, averagely received. And then I do remember it broke like some records or at least did really well in the millions of players when it first launched uh, in the first month. So, and and it hit the NPDs on PlayStation. And uh, that's not terribly easy to do. Although I don't remember what else came out in that month. Um, Brandon, what do you think? Yeah, I don't know. I just think it's a little bit weird that um, Square wouldn't give them anything. Right. I think it's highly possible and didn't think about it before in that way. But the Game Pass data, you're right. If they're getting it from someone else, it's very possible that if that's the majority of the sales, then, well, sales in quotes, then maybe they're missing some of the data. But I, I would think Square, as someone who's reaching out to an outside studio to do something for them, they would want to be as open with them about the whole process as possible. But right. you would hope. Right. But I guess they're also, I mean, how long has the game been out? Maybe maybe they're like, all right, we're ready to start making money now. Right. <laughs> like now, here's another piece of this puzzle. And it's 
maybe relevant to this and maybe not, but I think it's cool or interesting to share anyway. As you guys know, as the audience has been told in the past, I am the associate producer for Lily Mo Games. And so I work with a lot of that kind of stuff, the publisher interaction. We self-publish our own games now. We've bought the rights back from some of our older games from the original publisher. And it's really interesting to see the sales data that rolls in. By the way, the sales data only rolls in to the publisher. So if you're not the publisher, if you're not the publisher, you have to get that information from the publisher. So, you know, people can fly, can't even see their sales data on these dashboards behind the, the different platforms. But everybody has a little bit different way of doing it. Now, in my personal opinion, Xbox does it really well. They show how many people have played it, how many hours have been played, how many bug reports there have been, et cetera, et cetera. On the other hand, PlayStation's platform is a bit of a mess. They send you, or actually they don't even send it to you. You get a Excel spreadsheet that you have to download. It lists everything out in a pretty confusing fashion. It separates it by territory and then by like 36 other differentiators. It doesn't really give you any info on actual play time or play information that might be somewhere else, but I haven't seen that. So it's entirely possible that this game has, I don't know, for all we know, it's its made a, a billion dollars. I doubt it. But it's entirely possible that this game has, you know, made a ton of money. And frankly, unless you're an expert, which, okay, maybe the people at Square Enix should be, it's really hard to tell how much money a game has made. And at that, even if it was easy, some of these reports are delayed a month from the time that the sale, like the sales period ends until you actually see it. And then it's a little while later for some platforms to even get the money distributed to them. So that's another possibility. I still think that if, you know, if this is an actual discussion they're having and the square hasn't spoken to them about it, or they haven't spoken to square about it for that matter, that's not a great sign. Well, I was going to say, do you think that this article coming out at this time is like them being soured by Square? Is that what you're saying you're thinking? I think so. Then I think that's what Dave was saying too. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. It Because he goes on to say, and I, I don't, Wojciechowski, something like that. Uh, the, what's his, what is his title? He is the ex, People Can Fly executive. I'm not sure what his exact title is, but he's an executive of what Yeah, <laughs> uh, says working with the publisher has many advantages, but also disadvantages. One of them is the low impact of people can fly on sales activities and the incompleteness, or as in this case, the lack of data obtained from the publisher in this regard. This is one of the reasons why apart from working with publishers, we have decided to develop projects with IP whose IP will remain with the property of the company and which will be published by the company. So it sounds like they might be trying to move to a self-published model, which can be a really good way to go. But a lot of times, once you've got an established presence and you've got money, you might have money to make a game. You might have money to make multiple games at a time, but you don't really have the money to get to hire someone to work with the, platform holders for distribution deals and you don't have money to really sink a lot of money into advertising and stuff like that. So like you said, there are pros and cons for sure, but it seems like they're already talking about, we don't want to work with a publisher anymore. And they've only really worked with Square Enix as far as I can remember. So I don't know. It sounds like they're a little soured on it. I guess I would be soured too, if I didn't get any of the the benefits from my work, although I'm sure they got paid to make the game, whatever that costs. But it's an interesting thing. 
interesting thing. We'll keep we'll keep our eyes on it. Do you guys have any other thoughts on that? No. No. Yeah, it's just just weird. It is a little weird. And like I said, it seemed like a, a huge game. So. Yeah. Speaking of a, a huge game, why don't we talk about Sea of Thieves for a minute? Whoa. Yeah. What's that? Uh, <laughs> as everybody knows, because if they've ever listened to me for more than about three seconds, they know that I'm a, a huge Sea of Thieves fan. And part of my contention or part of my issue with Sea of Thieves is not about Sea of Thieves at all. It's about the the discussion that goes on around it a lot of people think it's a dead game a lot of people think it's not fun which you know that's objective certainly uh, or i'm sorry s- subjective certainly so i get it that's fine but the numbers that they're posting and the numbers they're saying don't add up with the perception of the game and so sea of thieves uh rare specifically Neat, posted a update on the sea of thieves website and this information comes directly from there Quote, it's been over a month since we released Sea of Thieves, A Pirate's Life into the Wild Blue Yonder as part of Season 3. And since that emotional launch day, we've been bowled over by the response from the Sea of Thieves community. Now, uh, if you guys don't remember, the listeners, the Pirate's Life update was a collaboration with Disney and using Pirates of the Caribbean as uh, they, they implemented some of that stuff into the game for Tall Tales and various other things. They also had a ton of other updates at that time, but that's a different story. From your reactions on social media to your fan art and stories exploring the five new tall tales, it's been amazing. And all this excitement resulted in our busiest ever month on the seas, with June seeing 4.8 million active pirates out on the water. So, end quote. That's a lot of pirates out on the water. That's a lot of people. 4.8 million. That's total for the month. But the player base is like uh, close to 20. It's over 20 million now, whatever that case is. So I don't know. There's certainly something to be said about the tall tales, but if you look at like the steam numbers, you look at some of the, the rankings it has on uh, steam, not just last month, not just the month before, but before that. And you look at where it places on the game pass charts, etc. It's clear. This game is not a dead game and it's even more clear right now. And uh, trust me, some of the cosmetics that came out with during last during that month, uh, have sold a lot because you see them on like every other ship you see. Dave, you played Sea of Thieves with me before I was really into it one time, like a year and a half or two years ago. You, Dustin, and I played. Uh, what do you think about Sea of Thieves hitting their highest month ever and what that means potentially for the future or whatever? This is a toxic game. I say that because I don't know if you remember that day we played and uh, yeah. <clears throat> I... I'll admit now live on uh, on the podcast that in front of God and everyone, Dustin was standing like near a barrel and I just had to shoot it and it exploded. So he ended up in the like death room, whatever. And then I died somehow. And then some men came up to us and they were swearing and they were they were dropping uh, some some pretty foul language. We didn't even know that we didn't do anything. Um, so this is, this, yeah. this game should be dead. It's toxic. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's, uh, it's such a, f- every, it's such a feel good story. Cause I mean, it, you know, it was always a game with great potential and it has such a great aesthetic and, and then being able to bring in such a, sorry, keep, and then bring in such a pl- strong player base, like before the pirates of the Caribbean thing happened and then be able to like treat all those fans and then bring in so many new fans with the pirates of the Caribbean thing. It's just like it's it's such a cool story for a game like this. Um, and it never really felt like a redemption story, like No Man's Sky. Like it just felt like this game never really got a real fair shake 
Um, maybe it didn't have the best of launches, but you know, I think once people sort of looked past some of the the ways that the game was covered in the media and just realized what a great game it was with friends, like they've just been w- rewarded so so nicely for for you know um, sticking it out with the game. So yeah, anytime Sea of Thieves comes up, I, I really love hearing the story. So this is this is just great to hear. Yeah, and it's important to note, Dave, with what you're saying. They did have a bit of a rocky launch, but I I hear people compare it to like, oh, it's kind of like No Man's Sky where it launched and it wasn't good. And then people, you know, they've had a redemption story. And I always want to push back against that because on one hand, the game was pretty bare bones when it launched. There were a lot of things that weren't there that are there now, a lot of things that were broken. But I don't feel like it was ever a game that they prom- over-promised and under-delivered. But I will say that all they've ever done to the game is improve it. And I think it's in as good of a spot now as it's ever been. Not that I played it a whole ton uh, or at all at launch or even shortly thereafter. But you're right. It has had a somewhat of a sour place in the media. Now, Brandon, you know a little bit about toxicity and CDs. You've played with me twice, <laughs> yeah. three times. Yeah. It's not were, gone well for you. No, there's there were a couple bamboozles to be had. <laughs> um it proximity chat is something I don't get to experience as a console gamer very often. Yeah. Um, but it is a very unique kind of experience. Uh, uh, the, the people you meet on the seas, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I'm, I'm really happy to see this, the success of this game. Um, I think that the more people that are into it and the more money that gets pumped into the franchise, the better it's going to get. Um, the quality of the skins, the visuals. I imagine it all could be continue to be built upon. Um, and I'm eager to see where that goes. Yeah, I think so. I think it's good. I think it's good to have that. Of course, there is that issue. I do think there's an issue with the... Uh, there's such a wholesome community in Sea of Thieves. Half, you know, about, about half the people you meet who actually have microphones are amazing. Maybe even more than half are amazing. You have awesome interactions even if you are mortal enemies and you sink each other and you kill each other and you're, you steal their treasure or whatever, a lot of times you can still end up having a, a nice interaction. There are some toxic players. I was playing last night and I had some guys who were just like chasing me. Uh, not that I, was, I wasn't running. I was just like turning around to get into a better position. And they were just screaming at me, telling me I was a pussy and everything else for <laughs> running, which I wasn't doing. Oh, I am no. the last person in Sea of Thieves that will ever run. But on, the, on their megaphone? On their megaphone, yes. But the whole point is that it, it's a great game. You're going to have some toxicity in any multiplayer, especially when you have proximity chat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, sure. But it, I think it's a great game, too. And yeah. I think part of it, the success, obviously, at least, at least a portion of it, if not more, uh, is a direct result of Game Pass. And that leads us directly into the next thing, which is some new games that are coming to Game Pass. Now, I wanted we don't always talk about new games coming to PlayStation Plus or Game Pass, but there are a few in here that I know at least Dave and I are interested in. And I thought it would just be good to cover them um, a little bit. So available today, as of the day we are recording, Humankind, which is a historical strategy game. Is it an RTS? I think it's an RTS. It's going to be available only on Xbox Game Pass for PC, at least at first. So that's one you should check out if you're interested. A few cloud games I won't really talk about because they've already been on the system. They're just not, they weren't cloud enabled. Uh, but coming soon, Dave, this first one is for you. Recompile. Mm-hmm. Tell me about Recompile. You got to play this at PAX. Uh, we have not gotten a review code because the PR manager stopped talking to us a while back because... They didn't like me anymore, I guess. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but 
Recompile. Tell me how excited you about you are about it. Yeah, I, I'm really excited for this one. This was my uh, game of show, my editor's pick at uh, PAX East 2020. Um, this is like this really cool, like third person Metroidvania, like shooting mechanics, but also puzzle mechanic game where you're like this virus in like this really cool Tron-esque mainframe sort of thing. Um, definitely like just look up a trailer on YouTube or something. This game has like such an eye-catching aesthetic. Even the little like guy you play as is this weird like digitized like code man. Um, yeah. It gave me like Vector Man vibes kind of. I, you'll see it and you'll be like, that doesn't make any sense. But yeah, <laughs> it's, it's such a really cool looking game. And the audio in the game is like probably one of like the standout things for me. Just the music and like all the weird little sound effects because you're playing basically like inside a computer. But yeah, this is this is a really really cool game. It's on Game Pass uh, August nineteenth, so you really have no excuse to not at least check it out. From a really cool developer, a guy named um, or the the developer is I think his name is Fi, and it, and it's the developer is Fi Games, and it's it was mostly just him. He had some help from a couple other people, and um, yeah, really 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 cool game. So and he actually shortly after PAX, he tweeted out like a picture of himself in his home office working on the game and then in the background i could see the little like handsome phantom editor's choice placard and he had put it up on his wall yes and i was like that is so cool so i love that really looking forward to this game other than the fact that like sometimes people may see the name handsome phantom and like find the podcast somehow by seeing the awards of the game guy really the main reason i like giving them out is because when you give them out it makes the people who get them so happy which like in the past we've given awards to like big games and stuff like that it shows and it's never as satisfying because they're like thanks now where do we put this because their entire wall is covered in awards (laughs) so i love when we're able to find a a little indie game that really stands out and and give them an award again not just because of the self-promotion aspect of it but because like it it makes their day or their week or their month or whatever and uh, like you said they're gonna hang it up in their home office maybe so Mm -hmm. that's really cool so i'm i'm excited to play that i don't have any reference for it other than dave's uh feedback on it but like dave said it's gonna be on game pass check it out yeah check it out definitely also coming trains train sim world uh i don't know anything about this thank god but i love games where you don't actually really i I don't know what this game is so i'm just saying this but like i kind of like games where you're just doing the same thing i don't know just kind of games where you can chill out and watch a show while you're doing it i'm uh really interested in trying out lawnmower simulator uh in a kind of a similar vein because it's like well there's not really like anything going on you just mow the lawn and make it look nice i guess so it lets you live out the fantasies though like we tried that uh, microsoft flight simulator yeah damn that stuff's fun imagine train sim world 2 just putting that thomas the train engine to full bore and just letting her run I didn't even know there was a train sim world two or train sim world one. So well, you know, maybe I'll have to go. I'll check this out now. And then you know. go back and check it out too. That's right. Game Pass, no excuse. Also available on Game Pass t- Thursday. So the day this comes out to the public, twelve minutes. This is a game I've been really excited about since they revealed it back at E three a couple years ago. I think it was. Uh, basically, it's an interactive thriller about a time loop. And I've said before, anything dealing with time or manipulation of time really kind of gets my engine going. Uh, 
the really interesting thing that they keep pumping about this game is it's got voice acting from James McAvoy, Daisy Ridley, and William Willem Dafoe, which is enticing to some people and adds some validity to it. But for me, it's it looks like a cool game. It seems like a cool uh, premise. And like I said, time manipulation or time loops or whatever are kind of my thing. Is anybody into Psychonauts? No. No. Brandon immediately says no. <laughs> it makes me feel uncomfortable. Dave is shaking his head and, vigorously. And I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. You know, as a fan of this series, I applaud you. But I just can't get into it. Yeah. I am... Uh, also not that interested in it but i think it is a big it's going to be a big game yeah uh, sure. because psychonauts is a is a huge thing it's interesting because wasn't this one crowdfunded i was gonna say wasn't the first one double fine didn't they have well this is it? double fine oh again. it's still double yeah, fine they're okay. just they weren't owned by microsoft at the time and then they did a uh i don't know if it was a kickstarter or something like that it wasn't kickstarter it was the one where you can share revenue i think gotcha they did that and so they promised it for other platforms besides just Microsoft platforms. So oh, they'll be okay. delivering it nice. to them as well. But cool. So if you're interested, that's going to be coming out uh, next week, actually. So that's about it. There's a few little updates, some DLC coming out, etc. cetera. Uh, so that's, that's the Game Pass updates for the week. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Next, Brandon. This one is almost 100% all you. <laughs> Call of Duty Vanguard, the reveal, Where? is confirmed for August 19th, which is Thursday, for Warzone. Wow. Cool. Brandon. Yeah, um, I unfortunately didn't get to watch all of the trailer. I watched part of it at work and got interrupted. Um, wow. Imagine <laughs> trying to do your job while you're watching a video. I know, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I... I've been very hesitant with all of this. Yeah. Um, I've stated my concerns on other shows, but I'm willing to hear them out. Um, I think that no matter what they do, it's going to be a weird transition into Warzone. Um, just with everything all in there at once, I'm hearing some rumors about all of the guns staying. Um, we had heard before maybe they would take out the Modern Warfare guns. I don't know. It's just kind of all over the place, and we don't have a ton of info. There honestly wasn't even a ton to be seen in the trailer from what i understood nobody was talking about anything big um but yeah i guess we'll see more soon um i'm kind of underwhelmed so far but still kind of rooting for battlefield 2042 honestly yeah, yeah. um maybe it's just me but i just yeah i'm just not interested as much so yeah my mind can be changed though good easily uh, it's good to be um, open-minded yeah i'm interested but not enthralled dave you're kind of 
I, I kind of think of you as a passive Call of Duty fan. Like you like Call of Duty, but you're not the guy who's going to run out and get everyone day one, right? Yeah, and I'm when I first heard this uh, rumor that Call of Duty was going back to World War II, I thought, like, there's no way. Like, that's just such a weird choice for them because, you know, like, Battlefield tried it with Battlefield 1 and, and Battlefield 5 to sort of a mixed reception. And I, I mean, over its life cycle, Battlefield 1 actually turned out pretty good. But it's just like... Like, we started this whole Call of Duty first-person competitive shooter thing, like, back in, I don't know, the Xbox 360 days with, you know, World War II, and we sort of moved on to Modern Warfare. And it's just it's just weird to me that we keep going back to this when I feel like most of us are sort of over this era. Is that fair to say? I think so. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact Honestly, just we've been spoiled because the guns in World War II, it's tough to do anything really super fun with them when you're used to yeah. the guns. Yeah, and that's always yeah. been – that's the, what I always struggled with, even in Battlefield Five, which I really wanted to like. And I don't know. It's just – especially with Call of Duty seemingly starting to lose some of its um, – I don't know. I don't want to say like it's losing its player base, but people seem to be a little bit more annoyed with the franchise than they ever have been with, you know, EA and dice looking poised to make a big splash with 2042. Like, you know, I don't know. It just seems like a really weird choice and a really risky choice to go back to this era. And I'm having a really hard time with it. I'm like Brandon, like I'll give it a chance and see how it looks and stuff. But like, it's such a, competitive year for this genre with you know battlefield 2042 and then you have halo and then you're gonna come out with you know this call of duty in a, in a world war ii era it just doesn't strategically it seems really risky and then i think it's sledgehammer doing this one yeah which yeah. hasn't really fared too well lately so right. i don't know this this is the beginning actually yeah and, you know if if i said to you i i predict this is going to sell poorly for a call of duty game that doesn't mean much because even if it sells shit it will probably still lead the sales charts because it's yeah, call of duty 100%. Yeah. but it's just and i don't know how, how are they going to work this into Warzone? because the, yeah that's the other weird thing is like it'll all instantly be in the game like it was for cold war which just has to be a balancing nightmare i mean honestly um you know i'm hearing rumors that anti-cheat won't even be implemented until this game comes out in warzone stuff like that and i just wonder how long they're gonna wait and i want to go off something dave said is like you know we have battlefield wait, so are they confirming there will be an anti-cheat at I've, some point i've heard rumors that it's gonna be dropping with the game i don't okay. know if anything has been for sure confirmed yet um but once again those are only rumors so who knows um but with a year with battlefield with um halo with things that you know they're not exactly the same but we all have this sh like shooter competition going on here i mean even games like apex even games like splitgate i mean you're still fighting for the same first person shooter fans and even if they're not new games these things are coming out with new content you know what i mean so to go back to an older style of game not to say that it can't be done, but it just really makes you wonder what is the play here. It wouldn't hurt my feelings at all if they took a year off from releasing a Call of Duty game. 
I think it would be really good for them. I think at some point we will reach a threshold if they continue to fumble. I don't know um, where, you know, maybe they'll have an Assassin's Creed moment where they're like, all right, we got to slow down a little bit. But I don't know. I guess it just depends on those numbers, man. And I, Dave's probably right. I don't want anyone to do poorly. Like games selling a lot and being good games are only good for the whole industry, right? But part of me wants it to sell just poorly enough that they stop for a second and they're like, okay. but this seems like the, the strategic time to actually take a break because Warzone is in the best place. It's not, I shouldn't say in the best place it's ever been, but Warzone is bigger than ever. I feel like, and people are upset with it, of course, and the cheating is out of hand, but like they have a revenue source that's crazy right now. Yeah. And so it feels to me like this could have been an opportunity to say, okay, maybe we should, just give it a year. I can't imagine that this game isn't going to have as many problems as Black Ops did at launch, which was a lot just due to pandemic working and working from home and all that kind of stuff for a large portion of this development. But we'll see. I guess, I, like I said, I want it to be good. I would love to uh, play it and be in love with it, but I'm just a little skeptical. I'm also less hot on Call of Duty lately. And a lot of that comes just from every time I've played, I've just like watched on the kill cam someone lock onto me in the sky from across the map and kill me with a, a you know an aimbot or something so that kind of turns me off a little bit but let's hope they get that fixed and move along i guess next another game that is just the perfect description of of always working right of doing everything well of having amazing communication etc stability yes. cyberpunk 2077 <laughs> Dave, did you play Cyberpunk at all when it released? No, I was. Uh, well, anytime I think of Cyberpunk, I think of Brandon because he, like Brandon, I don't know if you actually played it, but I, I remember when it first came out, and you're like, "I'm gonna wait until this next gen patch comes and probably pick it up on my yeah. shiny next gen console." But until then, it just seems like a risk unless you can play it on PC, which I couldn't, probably not well. So no, I'm I'm waiting, but I am rapidly losing interest. So now, Brandon, you did play it. I I honestly played yeah for like thirty or forty hours. I kind of wish I hadn't. Yeah. But um, go ahead, Ben. What were you going to say about it? Well, I was, just while we're all sharing our experiences, I played on PC for about six or ten hours, somewhere in there, and my experience wasn't too bad. There was a lot of buggy stuff, but like the, some of the experiences that people obviously on like the PS4 were having. I didn't have just because I had a, a pretty beefy PC, but I definitely decided to wait. And then today I saw Best Buy was selling PS4 copies and Xbox One copies for $10. So I went ahead and picked one up just so I could have it on console as well because they're going to give that free update, that that free uh, next-gen update. So I'll wait to play it again until that drops. But anyway, the whole point is they had a, a live stream today and this comes directly from their website, cyberpunk.net or not, you know, yeah, cyberpunk.net. Patch 1.3 is coming to PC consoles and Stadia soon. Here's a list of the most <laughs> notable changes and I'm not going to read them all. But the thing that most people are upset about is that this is a patch and they're calling some of the DLC or they're calling some of the stuff DLC for additional content and, you know, there's a lot of gameplay fixes, some bugs being fixed, some uh, some balancing issues. It's not a multiplayer game, but some balancing issues for the environments, uh, some other improvements that they're making as well. 
Uh, but some of the stuff they're calling DLC is just like not DLC at all. <laughs> it is things like new um, uh, new costumes, new, new cosmetics in a first-person game uh, that they're putting out as part of their their DLC, which is free, by the way. Maybe this is the way they get out of their uh, all their free DLCs that they promise. I don't know. Uh, just like under delivering they're not giving any more story content which they probably shouldn't until the game works right uh but it's just underwhelming i think a lot of people were expecting them to announce their next gen uh updates are coming you know whatever dates but i can't blame them for being gun shy and announcing dates after they had to delay the game multiple times uh but i'm really hoping that this game can eventually get back or get into a place where it's good for everyone playing it yeah but i don't think that's going to happen for last gen consoles. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, I'm in an I'm in agreement with you for sure. Um, every time I see a patch update to this game, I really truly wonder when it's going to be the one that's going to bring me back in. Like I said before, I think it's the PS5 one. But my thing is, is if the game still isn't in where I would consider to be a releasable status, yeah, like. Imagine how long it would have need to have been delayed. Right. I mean, just think about that. Like, they're still clearly struggling to get a locked 60 frames, even on brand, brand new hardware. Right. So, like, man, that's just, that's really scary from, from any game that I'm going to buy in the future standpoint. Just thinking, like, if it is possible for this big of a developer to have released this so early... And how long has it been since then? And it's still not be where I would consider I'd want it to be. Then, you know, that honestly, that makes me a little gun shy for any new titles. And I've kind of, I've kind of strayed away from pre-ordering games as much as I used to for this reason. But this is one of the more extreme cases since No Man's Sky that I've personally experienced um, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So Dave, you are interested in playing it when it's good. Yeah, and I just I'm I'm losing interest cuz I I don't know when that's going to be and I feel like if it's you know there's it's likely that I'm going to be interested in other like true next gen stuff by the time this game is actually like playable in a next gen form. Like I know I I could play it now, but it like you know that next gen sort of update that they keep talking about like that's what I'm really waiting for and I know when it, when it finally comes like I'll be excited to play it but I don't know who, who knows it's just you know I think we were all really looking forward to playing this game and no one ever imagined that it would have come out like this and it's yeah. uh, it, I'm just losing patience I think. Well, Dave, if you uh, I don't know what what it, if Canada is doing it too, but Best Buy. 10 bucks. It's probably like $75 for you in, uh, in Canada um, <laughs> still because of that. Yeah. But hey, it's if you're willing to just set it next to your, like put it in the closet and, uh, you know, just wait until, till, <laughs> till it's possible to play the game better. Well, remember, um, my, my PlayStation was, came without a disk drive, so I can't. Dave, oh, what are you shit. doing? You're right. Yeah. So that's, see, that's why I go digital or physical most of the time. So. Yeah. Well, uh, we tr- I've just tried not to talk about cyberpunk very much on the on the show, but I thought that was really kind of a damning thing that their their newest update is just not what it should be. Brandon, 
have you seen anything about the Fortnite imposters mode? No, um, but I have personally played the Call of Duty Imposters mode. Oh, okay. Well, tell me about that first, and then we'll talk about the Fortnite Imposters. Uh, it's very disjointed is the best way for me to describe it. Um, I don't usually game chat with Call of Duty people. Uh-huh. If you've ever game chatted with Call of Duty people, you will know why. Because most of them are hard. <laughs> um, and, yeah. yeah, and I feel like this sort of mode almost requires it. Um, so that was a little weird. I mostly just didn't know what was going on. I feel like there wasn't a lot of direction. And I think that it's weird that they're doing this Among Us thing, but it took them so long. I would hope that these modes would come out and they'd be like fully realized. But the Call of Duty was such a fucking miss for me. Yeah. Um, I'm not interested in playing it at all, honestly. Yeah. But now I guess Fortnite wants a piece of the pie. Yeah. And, uh, for those who aren't familiar, this is very similar to Among Us or other games like that in the past that have been similar to that. Most of the, most of those games I've played the best have been like card games or like in-person games. Same. But, yeah, me too. So this is from Eurogamer.net. Quote, Fortnite imposters sees 10 players, eight agents and two imposters play out their roles on a submarine. Like in Among Us, the agents can carry out routine assignments while the imposters sabotage the facility and eliminate players. Imposters can also teleport players to cover their tracks and disable assignments. So that's the gist. It's basically Among Us in Fortnite. Yeah. And it's really interesting to me. This is part of where the discussion gets interesting. And Dave, I'll ask you to comment on this a little bit. Epic constantly is... And this is actually what I think is the the interesting part of this discussion, not the game mode who cares about Fortnite or, the, or Among Us for that matter. But Epic is always like, you know, basically pursuing people who are ripping off their ideas and stealing their IP. And you have to do that to some extent. But Epic has now shown a trend to taking other people's formulas that work and are popular and doing it themselves. The first one I'm thinking of uh, is when... PUBG was getting really huge and Fortnite was not a battle royale and they turned it into a battle royale because of that. Uh, another one was one of their, I can't remember the name of it. One of the mobile games they released was, I mean, it wasn't actually a reskin, but it looked and felt like a reskin uh, and stuff like that. So Dave, what, what do you just generally think about the idea of are a ton of games? Now we've got Call of Duty and Fortnite ripping off among us and how do you, you know, how does that impact the industry and, and indie games, I guess? Um, I feel like it could be a little bit more successful with uh, Fortnite. The only reason I say that is because my my uh, wife's nephews are huge into Fortnite and they're also huge into Among Us. I don't know if that same sort of crossover of crowds exists within like Call of Duty um, you know, I'm sure a lot of people who play Call of Duty have tried Among Us, but the diehard fans seem to be sort of the younger audiences. So um, I think it's fine to sort of try that sort of, I don't know what this is, if we're going to get like a full-blown imposter genre like we did with the full-blown Battle Royale genre that came from um, uh, PUBG, but um, I'm fine with people trying different, because it's effectively just a game mode, right? Like, you know, was right. was PUBG when it was just PUBG, were we looking at the Battle Royale game mode as like a genre like we do now with Fortnite and Warzone and all that kind of stuff? 
So I don't think there's anything wrong with, 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 you know, people trying different, uh, you know, to see if different modes work. Cause I think it is something that could take off sort of an imposter genre an imposter sort of subgenre of games. So why not? Now the real question, Dave is, are you going to play Fortnite imposters? No, no, I'm offended. You asked. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, that'll be a lot of fun. I'm sure for those people who are playing it, it kind of, I kind of want to play it just to see what it's like, but I also don't want to play anything with other people who play Fortnite. So yeah, that's where I yeah. stand. Yeah. I mean, te- is, is, is among us not just technically a ripoff of Assassin's Creed two's multiplayer mode. If you think about it, uh, uh I don't see? think so. See, I, I got you there. That's right. Sort of like, so. do you guys remember that? It was either Assassin's remember. Creed two or brotherhood or something where like the whole point of the, the thing was like, you didn't know who the assassin was. You just kind of had to watch people's movements. And yeah. if somebody did something that didn't look very NPC-ish. Yeah, I then, do remember that. Yeah. Then you that you knew to like sneak up behind that person and kill them. Yeah. So there you go. See, I'm on to I remember that, but I don't remember it. I remember it just ended up turning into a, a killing match. And never really, like, nobody ever really played that. Maybe it's just the people I was playing with. But yeah, nobody I ever think... really played that very diplomatically. It was just like let's just kill every NPC we see until we find the. Yeah. I think shortly after launch, Ubisoft's tagline for the multiplayer mode was just, please try it once. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> please. Cause that's all it was. It was try it once and be like, yeah, that's cool. Next. Yeah. Yeah. Oh wait, that was the real thing. <laughs> no, no. Oh, okay. All right. Sorry. I thought for a second. <laughs> it. it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. I think that's most of the news guys. I want to talk about what we've been playing. Dave, what have you been playing lately? I, I I must uh, admit, I have not been playing much. Um, I've been slowly working my way through Metro Exodus, which is oh. still really, really cool. Um, but otherwise, I, I haven't had a whole lot of time with my PlayStation or my Switch. Um, but I, I think I'm just sort of in that that pre-holiday big release schedule lull. And I'm, yeah. I'm really looking forward to, you know, we're, we're starting to get some news. We got the Call of Duty stuff. NHL 22 is going to be revealed on August 19th. I know you're both really excited for that. This is the first Let's real go. next-gen NHL game. Um, uh-huh. I know you guys are thinking really about it all NHL, year. But. I do like NHL games, but I haven't actually purchased one in a decade or more. Since so. Wayne Gretzky on N64? Did you guys play uh, that game? No, you- definitely. It was definitely after that. Oh, okay. I don't, yeah. That game was so cool. Like if you're if uh, you'd have like this like heat meter or whatever, and if like your goalie was hot enough. Uh, somebody would shoot on the goalie and he would literally just turn into a brick wall. Yeah. It's pretty, yeah. It's pretty cool. It was like a <laughs> NFL blitz kind of um, sort of hockey video game. But uh, yeah, I think I'm just sort of like, I'm underwhelmed with anything I could buy right now. So I'm just sort of saving my gaming energy, I think until the big hitters start to drop. And um, well, what is your next, your next anticipated title? Um, so I think we talked about this briefly last week but um i think it would it's it's forza and battlefield those are the two big ones um but you know you just talked touched on um on recompile which is in a couple days and and i hope to have my hands on an xbox soon so there's there's a couple things sort of in my backlog there like the ascent which i really want to play once i i get it on xbox but uh 
Yeah, well, the def- compile will probably play on your PC. I think. Oh yeah, yeah, it yeah. will. Um, yeah. But again, there's certain things I'm just kind of holding out until I have that Xbox because I want that right. real sort of cool experience. Um, wow, wow, shitting on PCs. Okay, yeah. I get it. Well, no, it's just, yeah, anyways. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Um, so, yeah, no, but Metro Exodus, Exodus is still really cool, and, um, and yeah, I'm looking forward to rounding that game out and finishing it. Nice. Brandon, what about you? What have you been playing? Um, not a whole lot. Um, I checked out Call of Duty Season 5. Okay. Um, I'm a part of the problem. I supported the dog <laughs> shit. Yeah. Uh, but I already had COD points. They already got my money. I right. didn't spend any new money. Right. Um, so I might as well check it out. I've checked it out thus far, so we're continuing to view the mess. Gotcha. Um, it is okay. Uh, more of the exact same. What so. is different about Season 5? New maps, new guns, new skins. Gotcha. That's all that's ever new. Yeah. How are the new um, maps? They're okay. Um, there's a really interesting one that's like on top of a skyscraper, which kind of brought me back to like Modern Warfare 2 days. Oh, yeah. Um, and Call of Duty 4. Uh, but... It's okay. Um, I've also been playing ranked uh, Apex Legends. Yeah. So um, I'm not a notable rank whatsoever, but it's <laughs> been a lot of fun trying to test my might um, and played some arenas as well. I didn't play ranked arenas, but um, for the for those of us who have been out of Apex for a very long time, meaning me mostly, what is arena? Uh, it's kind of like you you all start at the beginning and uh, you can kind of buy weapons. Like if you ever watch someone play Valorant, how they purchase weapons at the yes, beginning, yes. get different upgrades. It's kind of like that. Okay. So you go in and you could change different things every round. You could change your setup. And it's essentially like um, either a 3v3 or a 4v4. I can't remember. Okay. Um, but you essentially go head to head with another team arena style um, in this relatively smaller map. Nice. And you do that for a bunch of rounds. So. Cool pretty cool pretty fast paced but um yeah just enjoying that nothing else aside from that i do feel the lull as well dave and um i'm just kind of riding the wave at this point i've been really busy at work so i'm glad to play something that's kind of mindless so for me i haven't played a whole lot that was new except this past weekend was the closed beta for diablo 2 and i played that and I don't know how many hours of Diablo 2, the, the original, I played uh, because I, if I'm just being real here, came out in like 2000, 2001, and I'm pretty sure I was in like seventh grade, and I think a buddy just gave me like the .exe file on a CD, <gasps> and I played it on there, so I don't know for sure, but I I want to I wanna say probably like a thousand hours, it could have been less, but it was a lot a lot of hours in diablo 2 and so i got access uh for the diablo 2 beta resurrected beta and man the the remake or the uh the the remaster is very 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 true to the original now what's really interesting about it have either of you ever played diablo 2 by the way i've seen diablo 2 being played but i've only ever played diablo 3 okay the same as Brandon for me. Yeah. So in basically, I mean, if you're not familiar with how it works, just go look it up. You'll be fine. But uh, <laughs> there, there, I'm not going to sit here and It'll explain to you how the game works. Like, Guys, don't, you know, don't be nervous. Just, it's no, not no, no. I, just go check it out. Honestly, though, I've heard really good things about Diablo 2. Yeah. And, and I'm eager to see what you th- thought about what you played because I've heard good things about the stories compared to 3. There were a few little... Uh, so 
like another point that you brought up story i have never been a big diablo story guy i've been very much a i just want to play for the gameplay i really enjoy playing the different classes and the characters and seeing what different weapons do different things the story is fun but it's very lackluster as far as its presentation and that makes sense since the games are old uh diablo 3 not so much but uh not so much old i mean but the stories are good and you know i remember bits and pieces of them once the game actually launches i'll probably dive pretty good into the story and get back into all that lore and everything but i will say that the game when it when i first started playing it i was like okay i don't really know what they did here it's the exact same game like it feels the exact same it looks the exact same everything about it is the exact same but they have a function where you can hit a button and it switches like, you know, it's seamless. They switch back to the way it used to look as compared to the way it looks now. Oh, yeah. And boy, howdy, is my memory bad. Yeah. It's funny how your mind remembers things looking a different way than it did because I hit that and I was like, this is unrecognizable. To yeah. Me because the the graphics are so much improved and the presentation is so much improved. It, it's just, it's really, really good. Yeah. But overall, I'll just say, I mean, the most high praise I can give it is honestly just that it, works just the way it used to and it seems to be a perfect reskin so far now there are a few little glitches and bugs and we had a couple crashes while we were playing um the, the game uh but it's a beta it's probably an older version and it doesn't come out for a few months still so i'm not terribly worried about that but what i was worried is they would pull what they did with warcraft 2 and just not do a good job just totally bomb it but that does not seem to be the case it seems to be a very uh true representation of diablo 2 and i think they're gonna they are adding some new stuff but honestly i don't even know what all that is and i'm not terribly interested in finding out until the game actually drops so i will just say that i am very much looking forward to it it's not um i don't think it's gonna find maybe it will i don't think it's gonna find a, a huge new audience but I think there are a lot of people who maybe either saw or dabbled with Diablo 2 or they played Diablo 3 and they're like, oh, sure, I'd check out Diablo 2. But I think this will be a big treat for any OG fans of Diablo 2 for sure. Yeah, How did definitely. you get in the uh, the beta? So I watched uh, – So they had we didn't get a code from uh, Blizzard. Um, they normally send us stuff for, all their, for, all, for most of their betas. But uh, – they had a thing where if you watched a Twitch stream for two and a half hours, you could get a code that was like a drop. So I pulled up a Twitch stream on my PC and then left and came back later that night and I had a Twitch drop ready. Nice. I wasn't oh, watching nice. someone else play it for two and a half hours. Huh. So, But I only got to play it the one night we played through the first first act, which was, um, you know, it's a, it's a pretty long act, but uh, it's it's really good. It's, it's so so good. Nice. So I'm, I'm definitely, I'm going to buy it. I should have just, when I, I I didn't want to buy it because I was afraid they they were gonna mess it up, but I think uh, you know I'm just gonna go ahead and buy it between unless I hear something bad between now and release. So, um, well, obviously I'm gonna buy it if I'm gonna play it, but yeah. I didn't buy it before for the beta for the closed beta because I just didn't want to be disappointed. I guess that I had kind of spent money already, so I'm confident that it will be at least good, if not amazing. Yeah, yeah, boys, I think that's. I think that's about it. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What? We what? have to have our, our, our weekly segment where we, uh, the, it's, I believe it's called Let's Speak for Phil. Oh, yeah. Let's Speak for Phil. Go ahead. So Dave. Phil, be- uh, Phil said he's, um, he's on a beach somewhere and he said yeah. he's playing Hades on Switch. Right. Wow. Right. So, so like if you guys were on a beach and you had your Switch or Steam Deck 
or Stadia or something, what what would you guys be playing? What's what's a good beach game? Hmm. Pong. Pong? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I think Hades is a good choice because I feel like it never gets old to me. Every time I go and I want to play it, it, it just it's good every time. Uh, I would definitely be playing if I were if I was dragged onto a beach. I would definitely be playing my Switch if I could because I hate sand. So mm-hmm. it's course, you know. You could just double like, nature and play Minecraft. Oh wow! Yeah, that's a good point. I I can't think of what other game like I. I've, yeah, go ahead. I'd, I'd have to say Animal Crossing. It's oh, a nice, okay. Nice beach game, you know, okay. relaxing. You yeah, can sort of, definitely. You can, you can sort of doze off and uh, just just stop playing for a minute and gaze up at the beautiful uh, water, or uh, go back to farming peaches or something. You know? Right. Uh, is anybody here still playing Animal Crossing? I don't no. think so. Okay. I played that game so hard for like you know it came out at the perfect time. I played it for like I don't know 150 hours or something when it released, uh, and then. One day I was just like, okay. And I have never opened it back up. Except one time I opened it back up to get points that I needed so that I could get some uh, enamel pens from Nintendo. But I literally opened it up, did what I needed to do in five minutes, and then closed it out. And I've never touched it again since. So Romantic. Yeah, it was pretty romantic for sure. But yeah, I, I'm glad you brought that up. I almost forgot the the fan favorite long time running uh, segment called Speak for Phil. So <laughs> I'm glad that... <laughs> Glad we got Phil's input. Glad you reminded me of that. All right, boys. Well, I don't know about you, but I think maybe maybe we could just come back next week and do this again. Let's do it. If it seems like a good thing to you. Yeah, do it. All right, cool. Well, maybe Phil will be back sometime eventually in the future. Uh, If not, that's fine. Um, You know, I guess. We'll see. Uh, Don't forget about the Patreon over at patreon.com slash handsome phantom. We would really appreciate your support for only as little as a dollar a month. We appreciate that. And thank you to all of those who already do support us over there. I think that's going to be it. Bye. The HP podcast and handsomephantom.com are supported by our proud patrons over at Patreon. If you want to support the show, head over to patreon.com slash handsomephantom. Adaholic, Passive Pixels, Edwin Castillo, Fusebro, Boots, Poot, Jared, Josh Cummings, Edward Walton, Charles Peterson, Toby Ryland, Straw Hat Ninja, Jared Cavallero, Jason Canham, and Kevin Lucas. 